Shafee. Shafee, are you there? Kicking flips, popping wheelies. When we're feeling bored, only tough guys know how to ride the hot rod scrapeboard. It's a rainy night here that has fallen over the hill country in East Austin, Texas, where I sit behind the microphone in the back room inside the ivy covered cave somewhere south of where he sits. You know him, you love him. He is the pride of Tarzana, California. He is, he has mandibles like the predator. He is the proverbial man inside two garages and he's partners with me in this affair, this affair called One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. Here he is, Matthew Rampey. If you don't want to hear me podcasting with Schaefer, if you wanna believe that this garage is fakey, don't listen, don't download, don't start caring about Brian Crow. Walk away, you know how. Don't start subscribing to us now. Aren't you the listener who tried to hurt us with the word delete, though it took some time to forget you. Without you, we still feel replete. I don't, I don't know if you know this, Shafee, but I've heard it said that there are only two people that had a good year in 2020. That was Joe Biden and Dua Lipa. Yeah. Uh, well, 2021 is going to be on Dua Lipa's calendar because, because 20, <laughs> 2021 is going to be on Dua Lipa's calendar because 2021 is the year that Schaefer heard the words Dua Lipa for the first time. Oh, is that right? Yeah. You're not familiar. You're not familiar with her? Okay. That was uh, the song of the summer in 2020. Don't, don't start now. Um, I, I've, I've really been drawn back into, uh, top 40 pop radio really by my kids, you know, um, something about pop songs that just speak to the youth. And like my daughter started discovering pop tunes and kind of it like introduced me to look whatever station here in Austin was playing pop radio 90 we're at 933 and uh, 947 uh, kind of go jump in between those two to hear the same 15 songs just it's it's exactly like pop radio like you always remembered it like it was when we were kids i uh i certainly like pop music and uh, I have an affection for top 40 music. I I am on top of the most recent Taylor Swift release. Uh, her record, I think it's called Sweater. 
um, Evermore. Maybe the song is called Sweater. Okay, yeah. Uh, I listened to that whole record. Uh, kind of, you know, it's her kind of darker, kind of the dark side of Taylor Swift. It's really, really good record, actually. Uh, I, I do have a blank spot in the last two years just because I started listening to a whole lot of podcasts. And that got in the way of me doing a lot of channel surfing on the FM radio dial. Uh, but I'm definitely interested to hear about Dua Lipa, uh, and she's Albanian? She is Albanian. Albanian she's, Bri- she's, she's British. Her parents were, were like Kosovo refugees, and um, oh, yeah, she's awesome, man. I mean, I'm, I've really only come to hear her tunes this last year, but I guess she's been making tunes for a while. And... Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I really, I went through a big period of feeling like too good for pop music, you know? Like I was, be, I had be, I was beyond that. And my kids sort of, like I say, drew me back in. And uh, there's, um, there's a lot of fun to be had. So I want to talk about pop music in this episode. We'll get back to that. But first, let me come correct with some corrections, okay? Okay. Is this, is this a new segment? Come correct. Come correct. Yeah, let's uh... come correct. I mean, it's it's so rare that we need to be corrected, but <laughs> right, because we're usually bang in time, right? We usually, come pretty correct from the get go. Yeah, that's true. Understanding. Well, the first thing that I want to correct myself about was that uh, I meant to talk to Brian about our. Um, talk to the listeners and to Brian about Brian and our, and my project. We have a rap rave honky tonk project. Um, yeah. You think you would were, have remembered that. Yeah, I know. So, I just, I was, I, I got to admit I was drinking uh, the other night when we were talking to Brian and I had had some tequila and I just like, I, I, I haven't even listened to the whole thing yet, but I, I was all over the place. In our, see, where that, see where that gets you, kids. In our Texasity episode, so we'll have That'd to have him. To you. We'll have to have him back on to talk about a rap rave honky tonk project. And I realize I've been misusing a word with a specific word, not just like just not just a grouping of words. But we pride ourselves on communication here, and I have a yield workshop, which is really just it's a yield workshop of me telling myself what something means. Um, I was misusing this word, auteur. Oh, yeah. Which is... um, Which is a filmmaker whose personal influence and artistic control over a movie are so great that the filmmaker is regarded as the author of the movie. And I was talking about Brian Benitez who is the composer. I think the word I was looking for was composer. I think, I think you were looking for a composer. Yeah. Composer. I'm a posier and he's a composer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just wanted to say to the hunter gatherers, I'm sorry that I've led you astray with this misuse of auteur. And I also wanted to talk about the bathroom remodel real quick. Um, yes, by all means. We're, we're like, I'm like 90, 
2% done. And we, um, we had all the tile in and we had a big grout party. We grouted the, the floor was already done, but we did a big grout party and the tub has been covered with paper, like Aquaband paper. And, um, we took the paper off of the tub and discovered a hairline crack in the acrylic tub, which seems like a setback. I'm trying to hold it together like emotionally about it. Yesterday when I discovered it, I wasn't so much, I was like tired from the work. And then I discovered this um, issue with my tub that now is locked in <laughs> to, the, yeah. to, the, to the building with tile and, uh, and dead shield um, and cement board. So, uh, there's a, there's a, I really wanted to have some kind of, of podcast unveiling of my, of my bathroom, or at least like, oh, I'm finally done. And so we can get back to the business of podcasting. And, um, I don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> I had the plumber here again today and he was putting in the fixtures and there was just sort of an issue with like the vanity. It like wobbles a little and it needs to be secured. And there's like a little gap between the top of the, of the sink and the tile. So it's good. It's some good news. It's some bad news. It's yield word shop. It's come correct. Uh, this in the tub. Is, this a, is this a matter of, of some glue? <sighs> It's really a small crack, and it's sort of in one corner at the bottom. It's on the the apron. I, oh, that's okay. Like, so you're not. It's not. No, it's it's not gonna leak. Okay. It's it's on the front. It says it, first thing. We've let's talk about a character that's big on this podcast. My old cast iron tub. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, we 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 violently destroyed that bad boy yeah much because you're because you're afraid it was going to talk much to the delight of the listeners <laughs> you you sickos you made and sure that it would never say a word he was so hard you know and then finally he shattered um <laughs> and when i received and unboxed this other tub it's like a fiberglass acrylic tub which is common these days commonly used and you you set it in mortar so it it feels solid on the bottom but the sides still feel like hollow in a way that my that old cast iron friend of mine I, i'm talking wistfully about that hard hard bastard that old cast <laughs> that old cast iron friend of mine you know was a better friend than i could have imagined and maybe i shouldn't have smashed him up with a small sledge um and now this acrylic tub, like turning on me so early in our relationship, like, oh, crap. And it, it was just hard after this push to finish the tile and to realize, like, I mean, one solution here is probably under warranty. Actually talked to my Ferguson guy today and, you know, they, they'll replace the tub. <laughs> but I would have to smash out the tile and, you know, it would, yeah, yeah. We were I, like, I imagine myself showering in my new shower tomorrow night, and like now that even that's in a little bit of disarray. And um, 
Yeah, popping that tub out is the last. Uh, I don't think I really want to pop the tub out. No. So um, I don't know, man. I, I there are acrylic tub uh, repair options out there. When you know, obviously, I was checking those out today, and um, I think that's I think that's the route to go. <laughs> we're we're definitely pulling for you, and somewhere. But somewhere that that cast iron tub is is just laughing quietly to himself. Somewhere in tub heaven. I just want to remind all of the hunter gatherers. Last laugh. Yeah, exactly. I want to remind everybody out there that a lot of work goes into your bathroom. Each each and every time you pee or poop or take a bath or shower, you should think about all of the effort it takes to put together that palace for your refuse and your and your cleaning needs. Um, it's a lot of work. But anyway, on to happier things. Um, I do want to have like a I want to have like a long talk about pop music. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. I'm bring it on. Um, been listening to Dua Lipa, been listening. First thing, let me say about this album that Dua Lipa put out last year, the, whatever you think about the topics of pop music, whatever you think about the the candy codedness of the lyrics, the pop music they're making today is the electronica music that I was listening to like 20 years ago, like, or, or, in a way I could at the time when I was like really into EDM and, and just a pure electronic music, I could see it, you know, becoming more and more part of pop music. But this album that Dua Lipa put out has like the best beats. It's like the best, just like disco album ever. And I, I mean, I say, you know, I talk about Dua Lipa and I don't know how much she is involved in the, writing of her songs like you you mentioned taylor swift and taylor swift is a is a big pop star and i have a lot of respect for her because she does she either writes or has a hand in writing like all of her songs so i don't know how um also i wasn't sure that dua lipa wasn't like a a nom de plume or a nom de pop no this this is her name her parents last name is lipa her name is dua it means love in albanian so <laughs> that yeah, i that thought is, that i thought that was name, quite yeah. cool yeah um just really dope beats. And like there was another song that came out last year, uh, Miley Cyrus, Midnight Sky, that was it had this character that was nostalgic and maybe a maybe a little timeless. I don't want to elevate it too much. I don't I, I think Miley's a really interesting person and artist. And I mean, I know we've talked about her on this program before. She, you know, her dad is, was in the music business. That's, that's a good way to get into the music business. But she is really, it seems to me that she, I compared Katy Perry to Madonna the other day. And I don't know if that's a great comparison because one thing that Madonna did was evolve. That's why she was so, re- that's why she is still relevant, you know, she was so relevant for so long because she evolved and changed. And I see Miley doing that. And this song, Midnight Sky, has, first thing, it has this really like throwback feel. And it's, <laughs> I, I, was, I was looking it up on my favorite 
research source, Wikipedia, and I found this great uh, sentence about it. Midnight Sky is an up-tempo, Prince-esque, disco, pop, synth-pop, electro-pop, and pop rock song with a gritty, raw, arena rock vocals and pristinely glossy production. <laughs> that Which, definitely uh, sounds like my kind of pop song. Totally. And that also plays into that discussion we were having about Kane Brown and the Super Bowl halftime show. The yeah, like yeah. the melding of all these genres into this thing. Um, I don't know if... I. I think I probably mentioned it on here before, but do you know that for, you know, Spotify gives you your metrics for songs you listen to the most, you know, every year they give you a report uh of your most listened to songs. And for like four years running now, my most listened to song every year has been the same song and it's been a Miley Cyrus song. It's uh, it's, it's her cover of, you're going to make me lonesome when you go by Bob Dylan, which I like, I never get tired of. I listen to that song like nine times every week still to this day and love it. Uh, she has the most wonderful voice. It's a, it's a very, it's obviously a very well-written song uh, describes some very universal feelings and through her, through her voice, you know, and she's just got some, you know, really good musicians. The guitar work on it is excellent too. And it is wonderful. And I, I never get tired, you know, half a decade later after discovering it, I still uh, am not tired of listening to this song all the time. Well, I think you said an interesting thing there, universal feelings. Um, th- that, <laughs> of course I'm listening to pop music again and I can't just be like it, enjoying it. I have to overthink it. But one of the, <laughs> one of the things that I've noticed is that there are these like universal topics, obviously that, you know, it's a common thread through pop music and I, I'm breaking it down into, I've got like a, like an earth, wind and fire <laughs> And like, I've got a few, a set of topics that I think pretty much encompass pop music. It's a, it's a working theory. So you're welcome to contribute or just shoot it down or turn it into constructive criticism. <laughs> but okay, so here are my, it, this is just my observation. The, really the four, wait. Two, three, four. There's four and an X factor. Okay, so there's four topics of pop music. There's new love. There's old love. There's breakups. And there's the feel-good platitude. And then there's another subset that basically break the rules, like the snarks of pop music. There will be songs that are... that play into some part of a zeitgeist or, you know, have this other universal feel. The you, mean shir- like, you mean like Ray Stevens, the streak? <laughs> that was, that was not on my list, but you, but you, but obviously you're following closely. Or following. Uh, La Macarena. No, Macarena falls into platitudes. 
which oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. which are dance songs, songs about dancing or songs just about just feeling happy. Gotcha. Um, let me think of another uh, like Pink Floyd, like um, another brick in the wall. That would be that would be the uh, like an X Factor song. Um, what's another one? I've I've got a list here that I'm kind of looking of like a hundred top pop songs of all time. Yeah, and what percentage of those are songs about love? Well, they're largely about love. <clears throat> they're either about new love, you've met somebody new. They're about old love, how our love is here to stay. There's a song right now by a, a singer called Marin Morris. And I think she's mostly a pop singer, but it's called The Bones. And it's about like the bones of a house and how if our love has good bones, we can't fall. It's a, it's a great song. It's like a well-thought-out song. I like it a lot. And, um, but it's, it's in the category of old love. And then there's there, it's a probably... I think maybe the most powerful is the, is the breakup song. Um, Fleetwood Mac dreams kind of uh, like all of like Fleetwood Mac made albums about breakups, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they had a little firsthand experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While recording some of those albums. Yeah. Um, I think br- breakup songs can also include like longing songs, like, um, I ain't missing you. I ain't missing you at all. Um, yeah. Anyway, usually, usually when someone's singing about not missing you, you know what? They really are missing you even more than usual. When the, oh boy, they're missing when they're, you. When they're feeling the need to insist that they're not missing you. What about the police? Every breath you take. Now that is taking missing you to another level because that's really about. A stalker, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that Which that is, could that could be in that that's that X factor, you know. There's that. I mean, yeah. Well, that's that's unrequited love. Uh, Still about love, right? Oh yeah. I would say I would say that those are breakup songs. Just the breakup has come very early in the relationship, like before it really even got going. It's a song about it's a song about the anguish of the heart, right? Oh yeah. The number one on this list is Prince When Doves Cry. Is that that a breakup song? <laughs> or is I, that is that or is that is that the the fifth category song? Yeah. That's um that's I think that that's definitely a fifth fifth category. Schaefer, there's, there's what a, is Schaefer? What is when when doves cry about? <laughs> when when uh, you know, and I think Prince is is one of those folks where I, you know I'm I'm inclined to say uh, with almost any other songwriter I would I would be willing to dive in to tell you how it's about something else, but I think with Prince I you know I'm willing to say you know maybe he actually was talking about when. Doves make sounds of anguish in his head, mm. and uh, that's a really. I, I think it's that song. Uh, that song was never meant to be, uh, really. Uh, when they were pressing, I believe it was that one. When they were pressing the vinyl, 
uh, for Purple Rain, they needed some, they had some extra space at the end of the first side or whatever. And they said, Prince, we need another song. And he was like, I'm on it. I've got this weird idea in my head. Stick with me on this one. This could be a little weird. And he laid that track down. You know, it's very basic, you know, it's got that drum track and mm-hmm. yeah. not much else. And, and, you know, he handed that to them. I don't know what it was, 20 minutes later or something. They're like, all right, thanks. Great working with Prince. That's all you have to do. <laughs> That's a lot like this podcast, you know? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's a lot. We have a lot in common with the... <laughs> with the purple one? The greatest songwriter ever, who ever lived. <laughs> the single most creative individual who ever put pants on or, or put a dress on. Okay, so I'm going to give you some other examples of maybe that X factor. What about Stevie Wonder superstition? Like yeah, that, that's not a love song, right? Yeah, and I would say yeah, that's the. I mean, I, and I feel like that song, you know, it might be literally about the X, the unknowns in the universe. So that's mm. even more so. Uh, not X meaning a variable, but X, yeah, X meaning the great unknown. Well, I think that the common thread, I'm calling it X factor, I probably haven't named the category right yet. Like I said, this is a working theory, but um, I, I think what they have in common is that universal shared experience of whatever it is. <clears throat> I mentioned the wall and that's sort of like the disenfranchisement of modern society and post-war Britain or whatever, you know, and, and then with superstition, that's that, that desire we all have to like believe in something outside of ourselves. And um, so in a way that's kind of a longing, isn't it? I don't know. Here, let's go to another one. I'm just rapid fire here. Nirvana smells like teen spirit. What's that song about, Shafi? <laughs> you know, I feel like I knew <laughs> when you were a teen. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but now I now I'd have to look at it again. That song was huge. Yeah, sure. I mean, and of course we were right in that time period when we were young. I mean, yeah, it kind of didn't worry. We, t- we were just talking about disenfranchisement. I feel like that's got to be, you know, the... That's the... It's that the, song about the, the anguish of yes. youth. Yes. Huh. I love the anguish of youth. Can we have them on the program? <laughs> I think... Do you have I their think, number? Do you still have their number? I think, you know, we, we call it the anguish of youth, but I think it stays with us. You know, you know everybody's got a little bit of that anguish. It just them. it just turns into existential dread. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I saw I saw a funny you know kind of chart that showed you know what what your music what is based on what you're raging against. Like if the enemy is the government, then you're a punk. If the enemy is yourself and all of existence, then you're a goth. And if the uh, if the enemy is your parents, then your emo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 
you know, now that I'm thinking about it, disenfranchisement is a common part of that variety category. Yeah, I think so. Another one, Radiohead Creep was, that's very like... I, I would say that falls into the uh, Every Breath You Take category of uh, songs about love that was just never able to get Oh, is that right? One. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mm. that's, that's, the, that's the breakup, but it's broken up before it ever even had the chance to, to be a thing. Ooh, that hurts so bad. Yeah. Dude. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I love, I love this topic. I could talk about song lyrics all day long. Uh, uh, you mentioned Fleetwood Mac before. Did you hear? Not to, uh, not to promote other podcasts on the show, but did you hear uh, Andrew and maybe you know maybe it was a maybe it was an after these messages thing. Maybe it was Andrew and Genevieve. It doesn't this podcast exist mostly to promote other podcasts? Yeah, I guess it does. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andrew and Genevieve were talking about uh, the Fleetwood Mac record rumors. They, he was, Andrew was saying that they were on a road trip and they put the album rumors on and like Genevieve was just talking. She's, she was like, I can't remember. She was like, is this a greatest hits record? <laughs> and they're like, no, this is just a studio record where every song <laughs> seems like a greatest hit. And uh, yeah, Rumors is not a formal greatest hits record. It's just a song where every song was a hit. <laughs> yeah, which is, is that the opposite of One Hit Wonder? <laughs> yeah, that is. Exactly. Where, where, you're sort, where you're able to put out an album that every all, song is all, all hit. hit Wonder. <laughs> that is, a, it's, a, it's a good good thing to be. Some some potent chemistry in in Fleetwood Mac, and I guess just in like partly the time period, partly the drugs, but just partly the personalities. And oh man, what a weird thing! Like dating each other in a band. I don't. Yeah, and to have, and have a band where every all four members of the band are excellent songwriters them, themselves and excellent singers themselves and you know and not call it a super group <laughs> let me ask you a question JP. what is michael jackson's billy jean about uh it's about it's the it's the sad but eternal story of the baby mama right is is that it like the lover left lover and lever and and then and then he's just, he's just like a player and he doesn't want to he doesn't want the paternity suit he doesn't want to be on montel yeah you know he's the, the kid is not his son yeah i mean i i, I wonder like would that song even fly uh well, in this day and age well I, do you I, know do you know why that song flew no, you're right. You're right about the lyrics, but it flew because it sounded so god dog good. Yeah, and like it's a great the, song. It's one of my favorites of his. The beat is so like. Oh, it's so sad to me that we can't like love Michael Jackson anymore. It really, <clears throat> this really the dystopian future that we're living. You can, you know. Uh, can't you love the art and and despise the actions of the artist? 
My, uh, my nephew was learning to dance from YouTube, specifically from watching old James Brown movies. And uh, he, like, you know, one day he was doing that in the living room and it just kept rolling and that's, and he discovered Michael Jackson. And then, you know, his dancing was taken to another level, of course. And uh, that, you know, that kind of, you know, happened, you know, he was, he was, you know, learning about dancing from, from YouTube, like I said, and uh, in first grade, his teacher asked the class, you know, what celebrity would they most like to meet? And Ian was like, Michael Jackson in a, you know, in a heartbeat. He's like, I, I need to talk to that guy about dancing, you know? And, uh, you know, it was great that he had that and he was able, it was just nice that he was able, you know, as a person, uh, you know, coming into consciousness in the modern world, that he was able to discover Michael Jackson and not have to know anything else about him. And uh, I, was, I, was, I was happy for him and happy about that. I, I know exactly how he feels, man. I, I remember when Thriller came out and we had uh, a, a vinyl of it and we had a one of those little trampolines, one of those little exercise trampolines. <laughs> you know, and I remember putting that sucker by the hi-fi and putting my headphones on and just jamming out to, to that thriller album. Just un unbelievable. Like, what, what was I? I don't know. I was seven. It's so funny that you mentioned that exercise trampoline, that my grandmother's ex exercise trampoline was central to, in about... 1983 there again my seven or eight year old self uh trying to trying to be david bowie i would do that on the <laughs> uh, on the on the trampoline and i had a i had an old you know hobby horse so you know just one of those horse heads with a with a broomstick and that was my that was my david bowie guitar and whilst whilst jumping on the exercise trampoline, holding my hobby horse guitar, I smacked it into the uh, lighting fixture on the, <laughs> on the, this is a poor decision, folks, uh, poor choice. Uh, I smacked it into the lighting fixture on the ceiling fan and took that right out. So <laughs> I, uh, I, had to, I had to come to terms with that one. Uh, that's, it's, it's tough to be David Bowie in you know your grandma's guest room it's not There's... quite the it's not quite the burning of bandera but <laughs> it's rascal behavior nonetheless let me ask <laughs> let me ask you a serious question not just for the listeners for me too how did you discover bowie mtv uh yeah what what, what, what was on mtv like let's dance uh, yeah, that, well, that was right about, that was the, uh, I, I tell you, the big single was Changes. Changes. Did you have a, a recording of Bowie? Did you have a, a I tape or I, something? It all came from, nah, no way would my mom have let me get a Bowie record. This is what I'm kind of getting at. Like, I was, in my house, I was exposed to the things that my parents would let me get at. Also, like, your parents were a little older than mine, I think. Or, no, maybe they weren't. How old was they're probably, you? How, they're probably younger. How old was your dad when you were born? Twenty-five. 
yeah, same. My dad was 24. So it was about the same. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I, like there were the records that they left out. Later on, I found out that my dad had hidden some records. <laughs> Which records? He had a black, he had a black Sabbath record. He Whoa. didn't really listen to. But the, the records he left out were like the Eagles uh-huh. and the Beatles. We had, we had like the White Album. And then we had a copy of Men at Work, Business as Usual. And then I remember we got that Thriller album. I also remember that my dad bought like 10 copies of We Are the World on vinyl because it, like it was like a charity thing, you know? Money yeah. went to charity, and that was like that was his most philanthropic thing he ever did. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but um, do you guys still have one somewhere? Or? I, I don't, I don't think so, man. I do think I still have that, um, that white album. I do have the, and it's the one with the uh, raised lettering. So there's versions of the white album that you know, had the original ones had just a, like a raised lettering of, of the, it says the Beatles, yeah. I think. And, and then there were, there was a later pressing that didn't have that. So it's like an original one, but um, I do, I do remember like in high school and that's the, the only record that I remember that he showed me was like, he was like, Oh, I had these other records. And one of them was the black Sabbath. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I was, I'm interested into how, like, I, I think I was like aware of Bowie from his more pop songs, but like, it wasn't until later in life that I realized like what sort of an artist he was. And I didn't, I didn't know all like this 70s stuff. I think specifically at that time, MTV was airing some sort of big deal live show of his. You know, like they did sometimes. It was like okay. MTV presents Bowie live in London or something. Uh, but it was the it was around the time of the release of the album Changes, and but I think that they were you know it was early days of MTV that you know they didn't have as much content. So I think that they were showing that uh, you know repeatedly. You know, it was it was on several times a week. And so I, I got to get kind of get down with it and, you know, try to, try to, try to find his nuances as a stage performer, which, you know, as you might remember, were, were many. Uh, he, was, uh, he, was, he was a performer uh, in, the, in the purest sense. Uh, Just how theatrical he was. Though, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that definitely, that definitely grabbed me. So do you remember any, like I was talking about this, this moment I had with Thriller in the moment to tell, tell us, do you remember any other um, connections that you had with pop songs? Have have you seen any of this program? um, Pretend it's a city. The it's um, Martin Scorsese production. It's basically a documentary of this writer, Fran Leibowitz. It's a net, it's a limited Netflix series right now. I think there was like an HBO show too that was briefly about it. Um, Fran has some, some very interesting ideas. Um, 
I I, I forgot how that relates to the what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sounds interesting though. I'll wait, 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 what what were we just talking about? <laughs> we we're talking about Bowie and uh, the performative nature. His performative nature. Oh, you were also asking what? Oh, you know, you're asking about my relationship with old pop songs. You know, and oh yeah, I've talked oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. Okay, so Fran has this whole thing about watching concert films, like big concert films, and seeing the people in the crowd. And people go and see a musician, and maybe it was they had songs from their youth, and they are filled with joy in listening to these songs played. Part of the point is that musicians are held aloft above other artists in a way that no other art can take you back to a time, you know, like from no your youth and that you remember this song and the elation that you can feel from it. So that, that was a circuitous way of trying to get you to tell a, a, a touching tale. I've... Uh, <laughs> I've told, I've discussed on here multiple times uh, my relationship with Madonna and how she introduced me to some ideas as a very young person, maybe a, <laughs> maybe a little too soon. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm very. Well, like, those those ideas were inside of you before both, she got there. <laughs> no doubt about that. Madonna and you know, and to, to very much Prince, um, uh, definitely. Uh, had me considering considering matters from a from a more mature perspective than perhaps I was I was bearing at the time. Uh, yeah, in great ways. But I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, other other pop music that I bonded with. Um, definitely, all of the. The, all of the female singers, which I feel like maybe in the 80s, there was, I'm probably every decade, there's been more female singers than the previous, you know, as people, you know, let well, women do more things. Well, boys have to get together to do a band a lot of times. You got to yeah. get a, you get, to be a pop star as a boy, you got to be all the boys. But yeah, a, that's true. A, fe a female artist, we can put all of our attention on her. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I remember kind of the you know those uh, uh, the Bangles. Oh, you know, in the oh. fourth grade. Oh the, yeah, the Bangles were my favorite band. You know, it's it's through the Bangles that uh, that I really that uh, you know their cover of "Hazy Shade of Winter." Mm. Uh, you know, kind of put uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel on my radar for the first time. And uh, also, uh, Big Star, you know, they did, they covered September Girls. Uh, also, they did songs written by Prince, um, you know, and of course their own songs too. Susanna Hoff. Huge for me. Uh, the Go Go's, and then uh, right in the fourth grade is when uh, Belinda Carlisle released her first solo record. Oh, man. And for that album, Belinda, uh, and specifically the first, uh the first uh track off that album was mad about you and that song mad about you just filled me with this um with this uh 
pre pre adolescent longing for uh, the for the epic romances that I knew I was going to have down the line. Uh, just uh, that song. The song was so sexy and so upbeat. New love. And, yeah. Oh, I was I was ready for new love uh, with with that record. Still are, buddy. And then, <laughs> and then, of course, uh, her second record uh, had "Heaven on Earth" and "Circle in the Sand" on it. "Circle in the Sand," uh, "Round and Round," "Never-Ending Love" is what we found. Um, yeah, that's. Thank oh, you. For, I, I think I'm going to listen to some Belinda Carlisle tomorrow while I'm working. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a playlist. I, so I think <laughs> I had, I think I had sort of slept on Belinda Carlisle. I'd forgotten about her. God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't. I was, I was going to sleep with her, not, not sleeping on her. Uh, so, pa, so oh, weird. A weird Pop. album that made a huge impression on me. <laughs> Sorry, I could do this all night. Uh, my, uh, it, it was, it came from my aunt, um, my aunt Amy. Uh, she always knew I was into music and, and liked to get me music, but she sent uh, me a box of hand-me-down clothes, I guess from my uncle Jeff. And in it, was without it didn't have the case or anything it was just a cassette and to this day i don't even know if she did it on purpose she might not have because it was just loose in there in the box with those with those with those clothes and no reference to it in the in a note or anything but it and it was just it was used and it didn't have the box but it was a cassette of billy joel's uh 52nd street and is that an album or a song uh, album. It's the album with uh, with Big Shot on it. You had to be a big shot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it's got um, honesty. Uh, it's got Zanzibar. Mm. It's got uh, it's got my life on it. Um, and uh, that's the theme song for Bosom Buddies. You got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in that one, uh, released in '78. That's another one that, yeah, that kind of introduced me to a lot of adult ideas. Uh, Dom Perignon in your hand and a spoon up your nose. Mm -hmm. um, fourth grade Schaefer lying in bed uh, in San Antonio, Texas, trying to figure out what what exactly Billy Joel was up to in 1978. <laughs> now, what's that about? Like Andy Rooney. <laughs> Uh, exciting stuff, though. Yeah, spoon up your nose. <laughs> well, that's a funny place to put a spoon, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, like I said, I'm sorry. I could. I yeah. I could just talk all night. Uh, okay. Sorry. Alex has gotten at us, uh, and and and. With this, all this talk of popular music, we would be remiss not to mention the Ariana Grande conspiracy. Oh, uh, right. And this, uh, right, the, to, Ari or the Ariana Grande conspiracy. I've we're going to have to get Alex on to talk about this. I conceived this notion 
Originally, it was Alex. You mean, you mean the AGC? Yeah, exactly. Originally, Alex brought it up. Uh, it was, you know, as part of our uh, our our little conspiracy to 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 manufacture downloads. SEO the, piracy. Yeah, references in our in our uh, in our in our show titles to members of popular culture, and that's what that's what prompted. Alex to mention the Ariana Grande conspiracy, but then, you know, thinking about that spiraled me into this whole idea for this initiative and join me in this one magical nation. It's something we can all participate in. I want to do, uh, I, I want to do some counter, um, some counter activity to the, you know, because, and I feel, because I felt bad, you know, for even mentioning Kunan on here. You know, even though I talk about it in negative light, just uh, mentioning it and giving it any airplay at all, I feel like is is a bad thing. You know, even talking about it negatively just puts it out there in the world, causes somebody who doesn't know about it to go look it up. Don't do that. You'll just discover horrible things. And so my You're just talking about the conspiracy theory in the room. Yeah. My uh, so my my idea with the Ariana Grande conspiracy and my idea for all of us is let's all come up with our conspiracy theories of our own involving um, involving popular figures, but uh, that are all about positivity mm. and, uh, and, and just, mm. you know, if we do this enough, if we talk about it enough, then it'll take up that bandwidth that they're using, you know, that, and, and I don't think the funny thing is uh, a conspiracy theory with positive overtones is, not going to be as popular as a negative, scary conspiracy theory. But oh, I figured uh, it's fun to just sit and think of funny, um, funny, non-evil conspiracy theories. And if we just come up with a whole bunch of them, even though no one of them is going to be as popular as the negative ones, we could just outdo it by sheer quantity and just get so much out there in the world that it ends up it ends up drowning out that noise from the negative stuff. So yeah. fight misinformation in with other misinformation. Yeah, yeah exactly. And having me fun, weird uh, misinformation, like the fact that not many people know this, but Ariana Grande is secretly trying to educate us with her tattoos and give us positive message with her tattoos. And I, I have not had time to actually go and look at our honor grandies tattoos and uh, decide what specifically she's trying, what mysterious message, mess, positive message she's trying to tell us with them. But That's that like was, uh, Maui from Moana. Oh yeah. She, yeah. Uh, Maui and Moana played by Dwayne, the rock Johnson. He, he, he all, he's a demigod and his tattoos like move and talk and tell stories. But I've heard that Ariana Grande is a direct descendant of Maui. I'll be so. I should have known. I really should have known. See, I should have seen that. It was we're, right there. It was right there in front of me the whole time. We're weaving the conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> we're weaving uh, the conspiracy here. While we're on the subject of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, are you aware that this year we'll see the release of a brand new action film starring? Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. And is it on Netflix? Color me excited about this movie, folks. 
I think it's I think it's on I Netflix, stop, isn't it? After this movie is released, I might just stop watching movies. After that, it might be that my that movies are done for me. Well, if we've had our vaccines, let's go to it so you can sleep next to me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that sounds wonderful. Yeah, Schaefer falls asleep in the theater sometimes. <laughs> I bet I wouldn't. I bet I wouldn't in that one though. With full respect to uh, prof- producer sensei Alex Battles, um, Alex has actually suggested some loftier topics that uh, we should get into, but maybe not right now. We okay. will save that for the next. But, but beyond those loftier topics, Alex was reminding us that we had talked about <laughs> they move the goalposts. It's considering a segment where we just talk about how things have changed, they move the goalposts. <laughs> and another just like pin I want to put in it here is I want to show off my whistling skills on this podcast a little more often. I was so excited to see us on here. Uh, yeah. One Magical Nation. Matthew Rampy is a consummate whistler. I'm not bad at whistling. And I, my favorite game to play is throw out a tune and I'll whistle it. If I know the tune, I can whistle it. Should we try it right now? Winds of change. <laughs> That's so easy. <laughs> I follow. Moskva down to Corky Park, listening to the winds of change. That's just a little forward promo. Oh yeah, the inaugur- I, I love that song. I love that song. Uh, so, so there's another pop song that's not necessarily about love. Yeah, that song is about that. Is song is about global political upheaval. Yeah, this is a perfect. That's the perfect song for tomorrow, Matthew. You're absolutely right. Uh, I love it. Ooh, gives me chills. Um, yeah. yeah, so a forward promo to Alex's discussion of the originality spectrum in art. Uh, <laughs> forward promo. Oh, no, no, wait. More, Let's just more wait. whistling from Master Whistler M- Matthew Rampy. Let's just read the text because I, I think that would be more appropriate for for. I, I want the. I want the hunter, ga- the regular hunter gatherer on the street, to see how the magic is made here. And okay, basically, good. we just take text from Alex. Today, I was thinking, I would like to, at some point, hear the OBGs. That's overgrown boys, which we're not using anymore. We wrote that out. <laughs> discuss, <laughs> discuss, discuss the originality spectrum in art. Where does the recognition of the audience come in? How are subjects chosen? Why do sensitive people create when the results are so unpredictable? How are poetry, music, and visual art similar or different? See, that's if you want to hire a producer sensei, <laughs> call us and we'll give you Alex's number because you're not going to find like, a better one than Alex Battles. No, indeed. 
people say to me, probably Schaefer too, how do you produce such a, a replete podcast? <laughs> well, you're just trying, you, you've got day jobs, you're busy, you're, you're a dad, you're, you're homeowners. What are you doing? How do you, how do you produce a podcast like that? We've got producers backing us like Alec Battles. So it's easy. Good. Got great, great producers and my writers too, Jameson, uh, Sister Gracie, Brother Dick, got super fans, Manish, uh, got fact, fact, fact samurais like Kat. We got question, you got question, uh, question czars. <laughs> the questions <laughs> are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of former promo, uh, something that I was thinking that we might do tonight, but obviously I dropped the ball on, was I would like to have Jeff on, and maybe Cat too, but uh, have Je Jeff and yeah, have Jeff and Cat on for questions from Jeff, uh, and maybe get like because I just texted him about getting some more questions from Jeff. I, I'd like to get you know maybe two or three really good questions from Jeff, have Kat answer him, we'll answer him, and then we'll have the questions are himself, Jeff answer them all in one magical night. Maybe we'll try to do that on Thursday. Well, and, uh, let me suggest this. And I know that we're in the habit of, of strengthening marriages. But, it, <laughs> but in this instance, I think we should have them on separately. Okay. Just because they're both contributing so differently to the program. Yeah, that's true. I, no, no, I would, I would like to have Jeff on without cat, you know, competing with him. And I'd like to have cat on to talk about, you know, her specializations, which is like Cobra Kai and other such pop culture phenomena. Uh, I'm yeah, sure I like that, that the, I'm, I think I'm sure the listeners love it when they're like getting their <laughs> summons for the program on the, at the end of the program. But, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, well, also uh, one more last bit of for forward promotion here. Uh, we have booked Lindsay Anderberg for Saturday night. Uh, she'll be doing. Uh, Lindsay has been is a is an archivist, and she's done this thing in New York called Barchive, where she kind of uh she goes back and just looks at ephemera and stuff for old bars in new york city and uh she's going to talk a little bit about that a little bit about other stuff uh, that's obviously going to be some some fan servicing for super fan ellen ferguson who is uh who is Lindsay's mother uh it's going to be going to be a lot of fun i think so look forward to that i think what's happened here to some degree is that Schaefer drew me into this podcasting situation with a phone call. If, if you're a completionist, you know what I'm talking about. And we've gotten to the point where I'm taking it a little too far. I used to have a girlfriend. She would say, you're putting too much on it, you know? And I think already Schaefer's like, slow down there, Rampaggio. I'm going to have to yawn us off. <laughs> well, no, no, I think I but Reese put the red about on it. Oh, okay, good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I I don't want to be running off at the in the last episode. You were trying to wrap it up, <laughs> and I was just <laughs> going on and on. 
And uh, <laughs> okay, all right. Well, the last episode, I was just tired. Uh, tonight, yeah, I feel like if if you wanted to keep talking about pop music, no, no, that was the last thing I wanted to say. Music. I just wanted to no, I just well, I do, uh, I do think oh, we could have a, I think we could have a, yeah, I think any time that we don't know what we're going to talk about, we just talk about pop music from the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any time hey, we're get fit. at us, folks. Get us about about music from your childhood that introduced you to ideas bigger than yourself. Feedback at onemagicalhour.com. You can send us a text or an email, whether you know us or not, whether you live in India or Germany or the United States. Our top Um, our top three countries. We haven't gone over the the uh, the numbers lately, but uh, y'all are out there. We know you are. And uh, and we're so happy that each and every one of you is listening to us. Uh, You know, without you. uh, It would still be fun, but it would just be Matthew and Schaefer talking, wouldn't it? Um, and you, we can't, would, uh, <laughs> you can't download without us knowing, basically. We, uh, we, uh, we love each and every one of you. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. That's the best way to uh, help us out in terms of, you know, we're always doing our little, working our magic back here to uh, increase our, our opti- optimize our searches, uh, increase our downloads. The best way, the best thing for you to do is to leave a review on iTunes and uh, give us some stars, talk a little bit about what you like about the podcast. Um, also uh, join our Facebook page for, um, for links to funny, weird stuff. And remind me, you can always hop on that Facebook page and remind me if uh, I've forgotten to post something there that I said I was going to post. <laughs> um, I, w- I would love to, I will, I, I'm perfectly happy to go back and uh, find stuff that I've forgotten about. Like the lyrics to that um, Gabby song that I was so stoked about. Of course, I, we didn't actually ask her for the lyrics, but yeah, that can certainly be done. The uh, the Joni Mitchell of the Pacific Northwest. I think uh, uh, I think that the I'll, new Joni Mitchell for the new times. I'll post. Um, I'm going to post the video from Mad About You by Belinda Carlisle on our Facebook page right now. Yeah. Yeah, right now, <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's so it's so timely. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's not even gonna drop for forty eight hours. <laughs> People as are gonna be like, as "What the hell is this? 51, what the hell is this?" It's still forty eight hours away. <laughs> Listen, we love you. Oh, I meant to get on and uh, and pull the audio of you doing that. What the hell is this? What the hell is this? What the hell? That's uh, I know that you don't generally like for me to lead with Matthew Rampy drops, but we're definitely gonna have to kick off. I I I gotta tell you, I stole that bit. Oh really? <laughs> In a way, there's an old bit from Saturday Night Live of Steve. <laughs> it's Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd, and he's going, "What the?" He goes, "What the hell is that? What the hell is that? Come here, come here." What the hell is that? I don't know what it is, but I want my picture taken with it. What the hell is that? <laughs> I'll, well, that's, I'll that's have to right. find that steal, somewhere. Steal from the best of them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I think you, and yours was specifically like talking about. I, I, I know I modified it a little bit, but uh, it was it's, podcast, right? it's it's an old bit. 
<laughs> uh, it made me laugh so hard in the, in the car when I heard it. Matthew, that was <laughs> good. Good. That's what we're trying to do up here. We love you. We're trying to make you laugh. Laugh, motherfucker. Laugh. <laughs> Thanks so much, everyone. And the poor are the choices. Yeah, you know how we do things Clean off the nights, wipe down the shoestrings Hit the stage feeling like a million bucks Cause all the fly ladies wanna chill with us And the one in the sundress pushing up on this We walk through the crowd, rocking the cordless I thought to myself, you know how baby acting She gave me action just to get a reaction I'm maxing, that's when I start relaxing I know she wanna leave with the main attraction Playing games to get into my brain with passion She's playing the actress to stain my mattress Better get her wet, John the Baptist She the type of girl that date all the rappers Yeah, all the rappers and all the singers And that's the only thing that came in between us <laughs> Angelo, let that horn blow Get up, don't you wanna feel it? Look at the booty's bag Get up, put your foot in it You got to shake that thing Every day the same thing, break up with another flame Wrapped around my finger, but you never get the wedding ring Sex is my cereal, make it make material Nutrients and everybody watching on your cheerio Cheery hoes, I'm your sex fan superhero Friendly neighborhood, booty watching weirdo Yes, catastrophic, I'll tell myself to stop it Wanna lollipop it, head to the poly pocket I think I was a lesbian in my past life Cause when you let me in, you know I do it right I do this shit every day, from the bank to LA Every place that I say, every stage that I play Every way possible, this is rock and it's rope This mic, I control to dance with your soul So keep dropping it low, yeah So keep dropping it low, baby Don't you wanna feel it? Look at the booty's bag. Get up, put your foot in it. You got to shake that thing. Angelo, bring in that horn one time. Everything out their mouth is a pacifier I am not preaching, ask the choir The green one, the red one, master wires Hold my liquor while I spit these words Hey, so brother, slap me 15 thirds They got a royal flush like a beauty queen purge But we kicking down the dough, yelling all the mean verbs Obscene blurbs, like you know the routine Trust the cabinet and stop the looting How we view things is we're computing The new things to own the wealth we're producing Get up, don't you wanna feel it? Look at the booty's back. 